You're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo development, and everything in between. All right. Welcome to The Bounding Box. Today, I got a great guest here. I have Rex Hansen. Rex, please tell us who you are, what you do, what's your problem? <laughs> so my thanks, Renee. My name is Rex Hansen. I'm the uh, principal product manager for the ArcGIS native and Game Engine SDKs at Esri. And uh, don't have a problem, but I've got plenty of solutions, actually. <laughs> plenty of solutions with game engines <laughs> and ready to talk about it. Awesome, <laughs> man. So I just want to talk about um, Runtime SDK. It's still called Runtime SDK, or you might supposed to call it Native SDKs. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, so we actually, we, that's a good question. We, we actually graduated all of our client APIs, uh, JavaScript, Runtime, and our, our game engine SDKs to all become ArcGIS Maps SDKs. Okay. Um, and so there's different groups there, right? So we have web, which is basically the ArcGIS Maps SDK for JavaScript, native, which is used to be our ArcGIS runtime SDKs. Now it's our ArcGIS native SDKs or native maps SDKs. And there's five products there. And then we've got our uh, ArcGIS Maps SDKs for game engines, uh, which is okay. the, sort nice. of the third category. Yeah. That's probably the one I haven't messed with. I did do a little bit of Android work uh, way back mm -hmm. when. I attempted some iOS stuff and failed miserably. Um, but that was with Objective C <laughs> and everything. And I had a real tough time with Xcode. It wasn't a pleasant experience with Xcode. I think that was my main gripe. But I mean, I could dive into some Java. I see Kotlin's on the list here too. I yeah, know yeah. Kotlin's were yeah, popular. We advanced. Nice. Yeah, one of the uh, every I think every one of the Maps SDKs kind of transitioned in different ways, right? So, with the uh, the ArcGIS API for JavaScript, it basically just bas it basically just renamed the current release, the current major release of the ArcGIS API for JavaScript. Right? So all the 4.x releases now become the ArcGIS Maps SDK for JavaScript. Uh, with the ArcGIS Runtime SDKs, we actually uh, had a new major release, and that new major release enabled us to transition from an Objective-C-based iOS SDK into a Swift-based Swift SDK, right? Uh, also, the same thing happened with Android. We were basically uh, Android Java uh, prior as a Runtime SDK, um, and then with the ArcGIS Maps SDKs, we graduated that to Kotlin. And so both of those are actually new products, um, but founded on, you know, the sort of modern language standards with respect to Swift and Kotlin, respectively. Cool. I think at one point I was trying to get Clojure to work with our SDK, but I was just, I was very early learning Clojure and just didn't know what I was doing, so I couldn't get to work, but I might, I might <laughs> attempt that again, man. <laughs> yeah, try it again. Try it again. I mean, one of the reasons, one of the benefits that we have with our native SDKs is we've got a lot of them available, right? So we try and meet the developer where they are um, instead of forcing them to learn something new, right? They can take advantage of, of talent that they do have or just the language that feels most comfortable to them. Uh, so if, they, if they're a Java developer, a .NET developer, you know, a C++ developer, Swift developer, Kotlin developer, we've got an API for them, right? To start oh, that's with sweet. So, yeah. All right, Rex, so tell me about some game engines, man. What, what's, what's Esri doing messing around with game engines? What's, on, what's up there? <laughs> yeah, so actually this is a response to our, our really our, our developer community, right, over the last couple of years. Just wanting to take advantage of some of the benefits uh, that game engines provide. And that includes things like just this high fidelity rendering and... Uh, immersive interactivity uh it's the taking advantage of these uh um, high performance rendering pipelines these realistic uh, landscapes and experiences that they can build with particle systems and physics engines that are all part of the the game engine environment game engine ecosystem um so part of it is just making or taking you know their their existing investment in gis and 3d data and making it more immersive um, and part of that is not just making it look uh, better and actually with higher fidelity but also being able to immerse themselves into those environments. So being able to use or, ex or leverage extended reality uh, solutions, headsets, and experiences. 
and game engines are perfectly positioned for that. And so uh, we had a, a beta program uh, that finished uh, last year. Um, it went on for about two and a half years. We had 7,000 participants in the beta program across numerous industries, probably our most popular developer beta program at Esri in Esri's history. Um, and uh, out of that, <clears throat> we, uh, we determined that we needed to provide support for the two market-leading game engines, Unity and Unreal Engine. We basically had a 50-50 split in the beta program, <laughs> and we're still currently seeing that, which is interesting. But there's a lot of opportunities in this space, and in, in most cases, we're seeing folks that have already invested in, in their GIS or they're investing in ArcGIS, and they want to be able to take you know, greater advantage of the investments they've made in ArcGIS to be able to provide that, you know, that immersive application experience uh, for their clients. At least that's what we're seeing right now. So I guess that's really popular option, right? The the VR uh, option with yeah. uh, the game engines, right? People are able to uh, put themselves as like giants over a city and kind of examine right. developments, or they drill themselves down to a one-to-one. -one, I suppose they could do and maybe yeah. walk through a development and walk through a building. Yeah. I suppose, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's a big sort of a significant value that we find here is is not only <clears throat> leveraging game engines for that, that photorealistic experience, um, but also being able to take it into these extended reality experiences. And, and I would say that there's a few industries that are really leading the way in this, and that involves folks like in the AEC, uh, urban planning space, defense and public safety. Uh, we see some folks in natural resources, education and government oriented uh, industries that are looking to be able to take advantage or immerse their, their constituents, their staff, within an extended reality experience. And usually what that means is, is that there, there's really three different aspects there. One is they want to be able to work with a virtual tabletop, right? And so that virtual mm -hmm. tabletop could be in VR or augmented reality, but inevitably what it is, is it's kind of the small scale digital representation of a landscape. And that could be something that would be used for like collaborative scenarios where you're looking at um, urban planning or site selection, uh, for example, with an AEC. Uh, where in defense and public safety, you might be using it for things like, you know, um, tactical mission planning or situational awareness. Um, but being able to leverage the the investment they've made in a digital GIS and 3D data and be able to use that in a sort of near real time, maybe even for simulation experiences, but around this sort of small scale virtual tabletop. And that applies to both VR and, and AR, actually, quite honestly. Um, so that's one aspect of it that we're seeing uh, customers in a number of industries investing time and money actually in those solutions because they have the data in most cases they just want to be able to provide that collaborative experience uh, the next level there is really vr so that's that one-to-one -one, that sort of world scale experience that you were talking about where not only do they want to sort of visualize this um, landscape but they want to step into it and they want to experience it first person and so that's that true vr experience where we're seeing right now uh, that's being used for things like site selection but it's also being used for things like training um, ah, where, okay. Uh, and that's a, a kind of a key, sort of a key aspect here too. Instead of going into these sort of cave experiences where you have these, you know, hundred thousand, multi hundred thousand dollar, <laughs> very sort of static uh, contraptions, you know, you can deliver a very similar experience with, you know, a high fidelity headset, uh, but more uh, in a more distributed environment for uh, staff to learn how to, you know, operate a operate in the field um, or work within a business. Uh, we see that in, in places like in uh, in field collection or especially within natural resources or utilities but being able to train staff you know before they go on site or be able to look review engineering plans before they're built um, and being able to see that as an individual from a first person perspective so we're seeing investments in that space too uh, which is great um, that's really interesting. i didn't think about the the yeah. training aspect of it that's very cool yeah 
Yeah, huge. Actually, and, and what, what factors into that is the simulation experiences. And so being able to integrate simulation workflows uh, with real-world data, but be able to provide that simulated experience um, in, a, uh, in a training environment is pretty critical uh, for folks who are, being able, who are preparing to go into the field, actually. And so one thing that's nice about game engines is that they have a, no a number of different options for integrating uh, simulation engines from a variety of providers. Um, and so we can bring those in, apply, apply some you know, geospecific information uh, to those simulation experiences so they can provide a more realistic uh, workflow. That's cool. Yeah. Have we had anyone put anything out yet, like uh, any kind of game thing yet with our stuff? Like, uh, I don't know, uh, Wreck My Mall or something? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen any, any games for entertainment yet, actually. I have to admit, you know, some of the more uh, invested and uh, high-fidelity experiences tend to be built for the enterprise, actually, which haven't been distributed publicly. Uh, there's no, like, game out there for this yet. Now, that could be happening. I have to admit, some of the best some of the best experiences take time to build. And we just released our game engine SDKs for production use just over a year ago. Okay. And so we are seeing some things uh, internally. We are seeing some projects internally that are getting ready to roll out uh, for uh, you know for production use, and they're compelling high fidelity visualization experiences uh, for you know things like site selection and for uh, for situational awareness and for for on the ground training actually. But I don't know if they're going to see you know they're going to be available publicly. I'll say that. Uh, we do have some uh, experiences, for example, uh, NOAA's uh, Research and Development Lab and Wing actually built out a, uh, a VR experience to basically to, to educate um, communities about urban heat island scenarios and what they can do to, to, change, to change the behavior of maybe, uh, you know, um, urban heat islands and maybe with an aspect or a focus on climate change with respect to uh, local neighborhoods. And so they were, had a, a more of a community outreach approach where they were targeting lightweight uh, VR headsets like a Quest 2 uh, so that folks within the community can, can better understand and experience uh, what they can do to really help uh, in those arenas. So NOAA's doing some great work in that. Obviously that's you know, uh, part of a US federal government. And uh, so they're able to you know, disseminate that information more easily. Um, as a more sort of a, an outreach effort. And so as we, begin, as we begin to see more of those uh, endeavors, we'll probably see more things available to the public. Uh, but we're excited to see what some of these, you know, some of these more invested uh, solutions, what they'll look like as they start to roll out and what we can demonstrate. So uh, I would, I'd be expecting to see more in the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's part of the challenge, right? Because a lot of this stuff is built, like I said, enterprise solutions, which uh, aren't shareable. But you, you can build the demos and the team can build out demos highlighting things that they can do but uh the challenge is like no well, what have other people done well they've done some cool stuff i can't really show you that but you know we have this other public stuff available you can check out too which is which is great i'm glad that Noah's is doing stuff like that because that makes it much easier to see the potential of, of stuff like things yeah yeah something that you can try and get your hands on i say we you know we have showcased a number of solutions in the past they're not designed for public use but you know, uh, folks like uh, Simic Group out of Australia, the largest construction company in Australia, they're building out a, an application worth working with Unity, plugging into their ArcGIS Enterprise system to be able to plan for uh, construction projects, but also monitor progress. And they saw uh, a notable return on investment with that project. Now, that's an internal application that we showcased in previous dev summits so people can actually see it interacting and working, um, you know, uh, see that workflow in progress. So that's a, that's one great example in AEC that we've been able to showcase, uh, you know, a video or demonstrate uh, publicly. We've also seen some, you know, scenarios from Hausiel Levine, uh, where they've actually worked on um, urban planning projects. Uh, the last one that we showed uh, in at Dev Summit, 
involved uh, some some changes in downtown Chicago where they want to be able to remove a parking lot and actually replace it with something more aesthetic and more usable. And they want to be able to provide a more realistic experience so that policymakers within Chicago, as well as holders, real estate holders within that region, understand the different options that might be available. And they needed that sort of high fidelity, photorealistic, sort of immersive experience to get that a better handle on that. Um, another example actually might be uh, we worked with Presagis uh, last year on a simulation experience. There it was a uh, basically a, an urban mobility a simulation demo where we wanted to show a hero vehicle traverse across downtown San Francisco and then integrate a variety of different simulated experiences there to determine what the the easiest I guess approach is to be able to navigate across a road network <laughs> and visualize <laughs> these sort of changes in traffic as things happen over time and how it affects the uh, the progress of this vehicle um, as they move through downtown so some great proof proofs of concept as well as some applications that have gone into into practice or into production um, but yeah, they're out there. We uh, we can show them uh, when we can, when we get a chance. We're certainly looking for opportunities to be able to showcase more going forward. That's awesome. It's a great communication tool. It just enhances the ability of people to make decisions like that, right? So that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Now, one thing that I um, just in for the map for the SDKs in general that I found really interesting is this idea of the local server that all the SDKs can run, right? Even I'm guessing this is also in the game engines as well, where basically you have your own um, like uh, geocoding server if you wanted to, your own um, feature services and everything running directly in the SDK. Is that right? Mm, actually, a little bit different. So our ArcGIS local server, the ArcGIS, what used to be called the ArcGIS runtime local server, which Arch, the ArcGIS maps SDK local server, or the ArcGIS local server maps SDK today, uh, it's actually a, a small version of the ArcGIS Enterprise server. Um, it only supports uh, geocode. Um, it only supports uh, geocode, a map, and geoprocessing services right now, and that's primarily so that. Uh, I'm sorry. It only supports map and geoprocessing services right now. Sorry about that. Map and geoprocessing services right now. Uh, it's only designed to work on desktop solutions with our ArcGIS runtime now, our ArcGIS native uh, maps SDKs. Um, and so it doesn't work with our, our game engine SDKs at this stage. Um, it's really designed as a, uh, a stepping point or at least a, an opportunity for developers that have been working with older Esri technology, developer technology like ArcGIS Engine, to be able to move to our next generation or our modern um, native SDKs and be able to take some of the capabilities that they had or took advantage of within ArcGIS Engine within our native SDKs. And so that includes things like being able to access uh, direct access or direct connect to enterprise geo databases, work with file geo databases, or when with working with geoprocessing, you know, there's hundreds of geoprocessing tools that are out there. Being able to host geoprocessing tools and work with them um, as part of this sort of mini ArcGIS server uh, that uh, is running on a Linux or a Windows desktop, along with the ArcGIS Maps SDK for .NET, Java, or Qt. And so it is kind of a limited distribution, but it's really just it's really just to kind of fill the gap for those situations where folks are moving from engine to runtime or native SDKs, and they need some additional functionality to be able to kind of uh, make that transition, basically. So it doesn't apply to our, our game engine SDKs at all. Yep. Okay, that makes more sense. Cause I was like, wow, that is, that is amazing. You can do that, but okay. Make more sense. <laughs> right. desktop, desktop stuff makes way more sense to me than that. I'm saying I gotta get more to my, my native stuff on. I don't write much native <laughs> anything these days yeah. well i should say back end code is a little different but it's i'm not like writing any uh gui or anything like that or interactivity on back end stuff so um yeah i gotta try it some more <laughs> yeah i will say this though i mean it, it is really a stopgap 
um, uh, the local server uh, SDK is really a stopgap. We'd like to start graduating. We have started graduating functionality from local server into our native implementation, or our C++ core, or our native SDK. So for example, you mentioned geocode. We used to have a geocode server as part of local server, but because now we actually support working with locators directly natively within our C++ core, within our native SDKs, we no longer need the geocode server as part of local server, right? So we remove that. And so gradually over time, we'll start to, to graduate some of those data sources and geoprocessing capabilities into the native implementation within uh, runtime or native SDKs. Uh, so you don't have to use this sort of mini mini server <laughs> to do that. Oh, that's sweet. I can't wait yeah. for someone to do a, a GTA route in their uh, game engine. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So we are looking at, I have to admit, on the game engine SDK side, you know, we, we do, you know, a little peek behind the covers. The, the actual core, the C++ core that we, that we share um, across, you know, multiple platforms for all of our native SDKs is the same C++ core we use in our game engine SDKs. Um, now, we surface that functionality in different ways. So we have a rendering implementation for our native SDKs, you know, whether that's built on DirectX or OpenGL or Metal. But then on our game engine SDKs, all we're doing is accessing data and we're providing that data to the game engine in a native format so that the game engine can do the rendering. So we don't do the rendering in our, in our game engine SDKs. We let the game engine do that. It's a little bit oh, different. Okay. But at its core, actually, it's still the same C++ core. And so we still have functionality like you know, geocoding and routing within that core. We just haven't exposed it uh, within our, our uh, game engine SDKs yet. That's right? awesome. So we're slowly, <laughs> we're adding things, we're exposing things that are necessary. And those would be operational capabilities you know, that we have on our, our roadmap, but just haven't exposed in our game engine SDKs yet. Oh, that's going to be so much fun, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of opportunities there. Lots of not, now that does, that said, you know, as a developer, you know, there's a, a number of ways to do the same thing or a number of ways to to solve the problem. <laughs> so we do have, you know, obviously our game engine SDK is just getting started as of last year. And so there's some there's some gaps there with respect to data sources and operational capabilities, but we'll start to fill those in. But it doesn't mean that developers can't leverage some of the capabilities that the game engines provide. So, for example, if you want to work with, let's say, a, a geocode service or a route service, you could use the really the HTTP stack that's included in Unity or Epic Games Unreal Engine uh, to be able to basically sort of roll your own REST wrappers around the calls to a, a geocode or a route, uh, a route service, make the call, return the, return the information, and then render that within the scene. Uh, matter of fact, we have some samples that show you how to do that, actually. Oh, that's well. cool. So, that is very <laughs> neat. Yeah. All right. Man. All right, Rex. Well, I'm going to respect for your time. I know you're a busy man out there saving the world, Rex. But uh, before, <laughs> what done, right? before I let you go, we're, we're you got any, uh, <laughs> yeah, any tips, tricks, words of advice for listeners? It doesn't even have to be uh, GIS or game related at all, man. What do you got? <laughs> I'd say, hey, you know, if I, there's a lot of interest in game engines out there. I think one of the uh, one of the benefits for folks that are interested in game engines just to get started is you know really really get started understanding the the concepts around the game engine that you choose to use um, because inevitably what we found is is that when you build out a solution with a game engine I'd say about 20% of that is accessing and, and gaining gaining access to real world data about 80% of that is this is sort of the special sauce right it's using the special effects figuring out how the game engine brings in atmospheric effects and particle effects and physics engines and all bringing all that together. I think, um, you know, being able to understand how to do that means really getting uh, an education or understanding how the game engine works. And so if you're really interested in game engines, I'd say, you know, there's great 
uh, learning tools that are available. Obviously, both Unity and Epic Games have their own learning tracks. But I have to admit, you know, YouTube's got great, you know, 10 and 20 minute <laughs> uh, demos out there too to get you up and running. You know, uh, kind of pick, you know, pick your poison there as to what works best for you. But if you can get a, a great handle and a great foundation on your game engines, then bring in geospatial, you know, as as another. Um, as an opportunity to work with real-world data, and you can really make these solutions shine. So I'd really spend some time really understanding game engines uh, and use the, uh, the training materials that are out there right now. And I think you'll uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to take advantage of some of those uh, those great experiences in the future. Oh, that's awesome, man! I think I, I'm excited. I want to give it a shot. I want to try it out. Right? Nice. I like that, Renee. <laughs> You're gonna dive in. You're gonna dive in. I like it. I like do it. Uh, do our game engines support shape files? No, uh, so they don't support <laughs> shapefiles directly. Uh, but you obviously you can you can you know you can publish those as feature services and use our sample to bring in the feature service. But um, you know as it is right now, our game engines are designed to really integrate with the ArcGIS system, right? So yeah. we're showcasing uh, workflows that uh, that utilize um, really ArcGIS data sources and and geoanalytical capabilities. So we're trying to promote use of the ArcGIS system and make it easier to access data that's within this within the system at this stage. So <laughs> awesome work, Rex. Awesome, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. I appreciate it. You bet. Yeah. Thanks, Renee. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.